Welcome to McNeil Casts, McNeil and Company's exclusive training podcast. The mission of this podcast is to offer conversation on dynamic training topics that will help you build a stronger, more efficient base in your organization. We hope you enjoy this episode and will join us monthly for new topics. Good morning or good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another McNeil cast. Today, we are actually going to be giving you some advice on how to make engaging training. For those of you that don't know, a lot of what Catherine Niver and I do is we put together all the resources that you use, including these podcasts and other trainings. We assist Lee and Dave on the webinars. And so we kind of have a little bit of an idea of how to make engaging training and hopefully how to make your departments or your organizations really want to show up and learn every single day. So as I said, we do have Katie Niver here with me today. Katie, how are you? I am good, Kayla. I'm excited to share some of the tips and tricks that you and I use on a daily basis with our folks so that they can take and use what it is that we put together and enhance them even more in their training opportunities. Absolutely, me too. So to kick it off, I think how we're going to do this format is going to be a little different than usual. Usually we do questions, but I think we're just going to kind of hit on some points that work for us, things that we do, and kind of the process that we take. And we'll go back and forth a little bit, and we'll add in some extra points where needed. And otherwise, hopefully this is helpful to you all. So I'll kick it off. And the first thing that we do is we kind of decide what format are we going to get this information out in. So for example, when we were talking about these podcasts, we were kind of trying to figure out, you know, what's a new way to get this information to our insureds and what's going to be most effective. And one of the things I thought of was podcasting because it's kind of a new thing. A lot of people are utilizing it and it allows you to train on the go. So that's why we came up with this format. So it's important to assess what you're trying to get across, what is the information, and what is the best medium for it. If we're teaching a class on tying knots, we probably, a podcast isn't going to be helpful for that. Something like a webinar is going to be more helpful or a PowerPoint where there can be visuals involved. Videos are another great option. Videos can be very interactive, but they can also be great for telling a story or for showing a skill or training. And it's also good to kind of keep your trainees on their toes. Keep them guessing what's going to come next. Keep them engaged um, so that they're constantly watching and looking forward to what's coming next. Absolutely, Kayla. I also think it's important to consider and think about who exactly is your audience, right? Are you looking at getting to across to the new or younger members of your organization where they're going to be a little more tech savvy, you know, or are you going to have to establish some kind of training partnership program where you do have some of the more tech-savvy members of your organization paired up with those who might struggle to figure out how to turn on a computer, right? Right. So I think it's really important not just to look at the different mediums, but also to consider your clientele or your who you're trying to train. That's absolutely right. So Kayla, you touched on keeping everybody engaged, right? One of the big things that we work on here and Kayla and I work hand in hand to make sure is that we're promoting interactions, right? You're keeping training active, engaging. Are you asking them questions? Are you giving them the opportunity to ask questions back? Do you include a quick activity? Nothing is more 
frustrating when you're sitting in a, you know, two-hour training and you're just sitting there watching death by PowerPoint, right? Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) So have it and build in quick activities, whether it's a simple brainstorm session or a a toolbox or tailgate talk kind of activity where they have to go find something. You know, if we're working with firefighters, have them go locate the tool on a piece of apparatus and bring it back so that they they're actively doing something. Incorporate quizzes. Quizzes are great knowledge checks to make sure they're actually paying attention, but it's also another way to keep them engaged in the process. It doesn't have to be a pass-fail, true-false, you know. Open-ended questions, especially in the middle of a training, are a great tool to incorporate that interactivity but keeping them engaged and paying attention. And also as an instructor, for you to help assess, are they getting what you're laying down, That's right? right? Yep. And I remember for a little story time is Katie and I actually went to college together. We were RAs together and all of our training was interactive. Absolutely. I don't remember there being a whole lot of just sitting and listening, except for maybe some more serious topics. But for the most part, it was all interactive. We were constantly moving. We were constantly doing something. And I can tell you that those trainings made that information stick so much more for me. To this day, I can still probably recall down to who said what set of instructions because we were always moving and interactive. And I think that's just, it's key. When you're sitting, you have, there's a higher chance that you're going to zone out Focus on the 50,000 other things you have to do for that day. But if you are making yourself move and pay attention at the same time, that retention is just, it's going to go up. Absolutely. So another thing to do is make it relatable. You know, we're talking about making it engaging. And part of that is making it relatable. Utilizing clean humor. You know, utilizing some funny things. Utilizing some popular culture. Um, You know, I very often like to use The Office and a lot of my training stuff because it's funny and it's relatable to people in an office. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, so it's really great. It's a good way to get people kind of laughing or get people feeling like, oh, okay, this is kind of fun. This is kind of a, you know, we get to laugh during this training. Again, connecting to our current world, fads, um, things that are trendy. And what is the why? That's huge. Um, our boss, Dave Dennison, who you all know pretty well, they, he always asks us, well, why are we doing this? What is the why? Why do they care? Why does this training mean something to them? What? Why does it matter? We don't want to train on things that aren't going to be useful in their everyday lives Absolutely. or aren't going to be useful in their jobs. Nothing is more frustrating to anyone in an organization who has little to no time already than to sit through a training and they're like, when am I ever going to use this? Right. Now, of course, there's some mandated state trainings that a lot of people don't feel are necessary. And in that situation, it's, again, pulling out the pieces that are relatable, making it feel like, oh, wow, this does make sense as to how it fits into my everyday life or my work environment. You know, I think that asking yourself, what is the why, whether it's a simple one sentence statement or it could be a longer explanation. As long as you have that why, I think it really does, it puts a purpose behind the training. That's right. You know, and then as you get going and you're building trainings, no one likes to sit, like Kayla said, like you said, no one likes to sit in a classroom and just listen to someone ramble on. So as we build trainings, we're always trying to keep things clean and concise. Don't get into the weeds. You know, keep to your objectives. I think one of the key things is to always build out objectives, right? Right. You know, I would never go, when we build our trainings, 
five or six objectives for a 45 minute to an hour long training, that's really the max because anything more than that and you're losing the sense of why, right? So keeping things short and sweet, don't need to get wordy or in the weeds on things. If you're putting together visuals, right, keep things large, allow for a legible font. Nothing is more frustrating when you're sitting in the back of a classroom trying to stare at the screen and they've got like that ink hand or the curly font and you're trying so hard to read it. (laughs) At the end of the training, you're walking out of there with a migraine, not from the content, but just from trying to read the screen. So keep things visually pleasing, but yet simple and concise. If you're using video or audio, you know, I think we said death by PowerPoint earlier. Let the audio work for you. Not all of the words have to be on the screen. That's right. Right? So let the audio do the job for you. Again, you're making folks use more than one set of skills. They're looking at the screen, but they're also engaging their listening, that listening part of the brain. So they're trying, they're doing more than just one function. And then... Don't use over-the-head words or abbreviations. Nothing drives me more nuts than when <laughs> than when you've got someone speaking at you instead of to you. Again, it goes back to knowing who your audience is. Talk to them, not at them. That's right. And it's funny because my previous world was banking and pretty much all we use in banking is abbreviations. And there would be times where I would be like, well, wait a second, wait a second. What do those three letters even mean? I don't even know what that means. So it's huge to make sure that you're not just blowing by that. Don't assume anyone knows anything. Exactly. You are there to teach. So make sure that you're teaching. Don't ever assume. So another thing too, and we did kind of talk about this already, but Do some attention grabbers, you know, grab their attention with a funny um, comic or punchline. Try to have some sort of, you know, maybe you start in the beginning with some sort of motto or punchline and then you wrap it up with like finishing that joke or finishing that punchline and wrapping it all together. It gives like a nice little bow to the presentation and it also allows them to remember something, right? If you come up with some sort of acronym for them to remember, those things stick, right? PEMDAS. I mean, we all remember PEMDAS. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And you and I were in music and there's about a thousand different acronyms for music. So those are things that are really helpful to build into presentations. Being able to add in a video that may totally wrap up everything you've just taught That's huge. So making sure that you're rounding out that presentation by going back to that initial funny. Your presentation should be almost like a book, right? You've got kind of your beginning, you're setting things up with your objectives, like you were saying, Katie, and then you get into kind of the the content, the meat of it. We hit kind of a climax and then we bring it back down and we round it out and we bring it all together and summarize. So there really should be more of like a book to it, a book style to it. So it has a little bit of an arc. So just make sure that you're doing that. You're pulling in some things. You can do some funny um, cartoons or you can pull in some fun interactions um, to it to really grab attention and make them remember what you're teaching them. Absolutely. And I also think it's important that no matter what the topic is, doom and gloom has a place, but 
keeping some levity in the presentation yeah. is always key. No matter how serious a conversation can be, I think if you can keep levity in some kind of just professional humor or positive spin on things, that training is going to carry more weight and carry farther with your folks than if, you know, you attack it from a you have to do this or you have to do that or a really doom and gloom perspective. Absolutely. Now, numbers do have a place and and can be a really valuable tool when you're building a training to make points. But at the end of the day, if someone feels like they're being yelled at and lectured, you've wasted the 45 minute to hour training session because they're sitting there and perceiving that they're just being yelled at. Right. And being defensive. Exactly. You know, again, we've talked about the 45 minute to the hour long training sessions, But I think, you know, you and I can go back to some of the RA training we sat through. Some of the best sessions we ever sat through were bite-sized, right? They were 15 to 20-minute different training scenarios where you were submersed into a setting for 10 minutes. They evaluate, and at the end of those 10 minutes, you came back and you looked at what happened. Overall, it was a 15 to 20-minute session or a micro-learning style And those were some of the most effective. You get into the training world today, micro-learning is a huge deal. And with our technology world, technological world, right, we need to keep things bite-sized for people. No one, you know, especially post-COVID, I think we're all kind of computered out, (laughs) webinar or Zoom Zoom sessioned out, right? No one wants to sit in front of a computer for an hour at a time anymore. They want to be up doing something. So, you know, really those 15-minute segments are going to be key. You know, attention spans. (laughs) I have a seven-year-old at home, and (laughs) we all know how long attention spans last, right? Absolutely. So if you can keep something short, concise, clean, you're going to be more apt to keep their attention, make the point you need to make, and, and then move on to the next thing, right? You can also break these, use these micro learnings and break them down and use multiple of them at one time. So yeah, you've got a two hour training block. Use smaller 15 minute individual increments to build and fill out that time, but you're hitting on different learning styles. So, you know, someone might be not as engaged with learning style A, but by the time you get to learning style C, you've really got their attention and they're they're grasping what you're picking up, throwing down. You know, it it's right. working. It's jiving. Not everybody learns the same way. Okay. Too. Yeah, I'm very much a hands-on learner. And also, like you said, I'm, I'm very like, teach me something in 10, 15 minutes. Don't exactly. Teach me something in an hour. I'm going to, you're going to lose me by the last you know, 25, 30 minutes. Another thing too, is if you are building out something that's visual, try to use interesting color schemes, interesting pictures, you know, try not to have the pictures be fuzzy. Uh, Like Katie said, make sure font is legible, make sure it's large. That's something that I, I had to learn when I first started with Katie. That was something she always told me was, you know, this font really isn't that great for this presentation, right? It's a little too flourished or it's a little too thin and it's not going to, to read as well. Those are things to really keep in mind. One way to make sure of that is by actually presenting it to yourself. Because when you hit that present button on like a PowerPoint, let's say, it looks totally different. Your colors change a little bit. Your font changes a little bit. And it's important because that's what you're 
what you're teaching. Mm-hmm. That's what they're going to see. Another thing, you know, use soothing color schemes. Try to keep, depending on your topic, either use something soothing. If it's a difficult topic, try to use something that might be visually soothing to people. There are colors that ev- that evoke emotion. That is a thing. Light greens, sages, beiges, they kind of calm the person. So if you're going through doing, you know, a critical training, it might be good to use some of those smooth colors. But if you're trying to really get them riled up, maybe you use the bright reds and oranges like we do for our ESIP program. That kind of in your face, really relatable. Use cool graphics. You know, um, there's a lot of free platforms out there that have really, really good quality photography you can use that is really relatable. And people love aesthetically pleasing things. We just do. Our eyes like to look at things that are pleasing. So if we put together a presentation that's not disjointed and that actually has some cohesiveness, it's going to keep people longer because they're visually enticed as well as mentally enticed. Absolutely. Nothing, you know, not to knock the color pink, but, you know, if you throw bright hot pink onto a (laughs) a professional presentation, it's not going to go over very well. Unless, you know, you're presenting to Barbie manufacturers or something like that, you know, right? Making sure your colors are relatable and they click with what you're trying to get get across, right? Yeah. I think at the end of the day, we all are always learning. We always want to know more. How can we better ourselves? One of the things we've built into our e-learning platform is that feedback section. Once you get done, you've taken the course, you've taken the quiz, you get through, you, you're given a chance to ask for feedback. We're constantly throwing our our designs back and forth to each other. Hey, Katie or Kayla, what do you think about this? Yeah. We even punt them to outside members because I know that as you're as you're building something, there is something called screen fatigue, right? Where you can look at a screen, you can look at a piece, you know in your head what that piece is supposed to say. So as you're reading it on the screen, sure, you're reading exactly what you know it's supposed to say. That's right. But if you throw it to someone else, they might be able to... S- catch the fact that you have spelled the word, I don't know, any word basically wrong throughout the entire thing, but because you've stared at it and built it, it's yours. You just haven't picked up on it. Someone might be able to help wordsmith something a little clearer for you. So don't hesitate to ask for feedback. If you're giving a live training session, you know, finish your training, mingle for a few minutes, and then ask hey, how'd I do? Or ask who, you know, if you're in a fire department, ask the chief, hey, did did my training meet what you asked me to present on? Or if you're in an office setting, whoever contacted you, ask them, hey, did I meet your goals and expectations for this training? That's how you learn. That's how you get better. I've been at this job for six years, over six years now. And I look back at some some of the pieces I built when I first started here. And I I can't fathom that we actually put those out into production, right? (laughs) And, you know, because you look at the stuff that we do now. But it comes with time and it comes with growth. And it comes with constantly taking feedback and using it and putting together what people are asking for. Right. So I think working in the training field, it's never easy. And taking constructive criticism is not an easy thing. No, definitely is not. But when you're putting trainings together, you just have to keep an open mind and ask for the feedback because they'll give it. People are more than willing to give you feedback. That is for sure. That is for sure. And it's also something to be said about the fact, you know, me coming into this job, 
I had to really learn my audience and I'm still very much learning my audience and what they like. It's not always about what you like. You have to take a step back and say, yeah, I might like hot pink and I might want to look at a presentation in hot pink, but my, you know, shelter volunteers probably don't or my, or my firefighters more than likely don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Maybe some, but for the most part, you have to st- take a step back and be like, well, I don't really necessarily love this, but I know this will engage them and I know they'll like it. Absolutely. You know, I think getting creative is, it's easier said than done. I will never forget, you know, I was a vol- volunteer firefighter for several years and one of the most engaging trainings that we ever went through was one that actually our beloved Dave Denniston put together (laughs) and it was using and training on the jaws of life but it was Jenga it was real life Jenga using the jaws of life and cribbing as the Jenga blocks it was fun it was engaging it was relatable but at the end of the day we all walked away knowing where the jaws of life were on the fire truck and how to hook them up and get them to go You know, something as simple as telephone. If you're trying to, I'll never forget, I taught a sexual harassment class. And we actually, and yes, it was pre-COVID, but we started a game of telephone in a group of 35 grown adults, you know, and they were giggling throughout the whole thing. And it was probably (laughs) a 10 to 15 minute exercise because by the time the message got all the way to the end, but it really opened their eyes to, hey, wait a minute. Wait, it can start in one place and end somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I think it was some really silly phrase, like the banana said, go. And it, the, the number of times it <laughs> circled and spiraled the drain, right? But it was so effective. To yeah. this day, I still go back to that group of individuals and they're like, hey, can we play another game of telephone? Like, that was so cool and fun. And yeah, we got the point. And it was probably yeah. one of the best trainings that they've ever had. You know, and the feedback that we got back from that class reflected that as well. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said about just not being afraid to try things. You know, throw it at the wall, see if it sticks. And if it doesn't, okay, then you move on, you get something different. But like you're saying, don't be afraid. Don't get, don't pigeonhole yourself. Don't be afraid to think, oh, they're grown adults, so they're going to hate this. They might mumble and grumble at first, and they might be like, oh, this is kind of dumb. And then once they do it, they'll see what your point was, and they'll understand what your end goal was. And like you said, Katie, they'll remember it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Kayla, you said throw it at the wall and see if it sticks. I know that there have been times when I tried to do something creative and fun and the atmosphere in the room was like, nope, screw this. We just want to get the training done. Just keep yakking, lady. Right. Correct. And it didn't work. And but as a presenter, you had to pick yourself up and go on. Yeah. But it's and it's all about reading your audience too, knowing, okay, you know, you might have this really fun presentation all laid out and you get in there and they're just sitting there like lumps on a log and you're like, well, okay, this is going to be like pulling teeth. But it's up to you to be able to dig deep and, you know, acknowledge the fact that, hey, maybe this is just one of those times where we need to push through and not tap into that creative space or tap into it a little bit, see what happens. And maybe you can change the atmosphere of the room too. Yeah, absolutely. So, Katie, I think that about sums it all up. I think we did a pretty good job. We're getting these down to under 30 minutes. Look at look at us go. Woo-hoo. 
Thank you for being on with me today. It's always fun. And we'll definitely have you on for some more. This is Katie's first podcast with us, if you all have been following. <laughs> so we're really excited to have her on. And we'll see you again soon, Katie. Thank you, Kayla. This concludes another episode of McNeil Cast. Be sure to subscribe, write in with topics, and give us a review. McNeil and Company would like to thank you for joining us, and we look forward to chatting with you soon. 